everybody. Welcome back for yet another episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. Today is Tuesday, October 1st, and we are going to be on Genesis 17 as we venture into the New Testament. Um, Old Testament. Or, sorry, I, I keep saying that. For the, in, <laughs> okay. Into the Old Testament. We did do Testament. three three times. We so did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we venture into the Old Testament for the first time. Uh, last week was actually our first episode that we've ever done in the Old Testament. Uh, we were on Genesis 10, and we actually did a recap from the Bible Project of Genesis 1 through 11, because that's what they their, their recap was. So uh, we are now a week removed from that and a week further on from that. We're in Genesis 17, um, <coughs> chapter about Abram becoming Abraham. So um, what do you guys want to do with that? Do you want to do any kind of a context or setup for it? It's a little bit different now because we're not in the New Testament. We're in the Old Testament. So yeah, what do you guys well, I think? I think one important thing to note is that, and like we, we saw last week, is we've shifted gears a bit in, in Genesis. Mm-hmm. Like you know, we, we had this beginning of Jesus, that or Jesus, beginning of Genesis that talks we about... We can't quit the New <laughs> Testament. <laughs> I wish I could quit you. <laughs> we, had the, we had this beginning that talks about, like, creation, and, and we get this, this weird, like, transitional story of the Tower of Babel, Babel, whatever you want to call it. And now we're getting into Abraham and his descendants. So the rest of Genesis is going to really hit the, his, his story. So that's kind of where we're at. We're, we're starting you know, to talk more about Abraham. Yeah, and you see a lot of correlation between what God has intended to do with his creation and then how he really hones that in on this family. So uh, he blesses Adam, and he says, be fruitful and multiply. Um, and even in the Tower of Babel, their goal was to make themselves great and make themselves famous and make a great name for themselves. God is promising all of that to Abraham, that he is going to bless him, that he is going to get, he's going to make him a great nation and that he's going to make his name great and famous. And so he's taking all of this like general blessing that God has bestowed kind of on humanity. And he's focusing in on this family um, so that ultimately Jesus can come out of the family. And so that's why from this point on, we go from for the rest of the New Testament, we follow basically the story of the Israelites uh, and there, uh, so Abraham, his descendants would eventually become the Israelites, and that's the the central focus for that, in in eventually having Jesus being birthed out of that, and then it expands after Jesus back to kind of a global perspective to where it's not just about the Israelites anymore. Now it's about the kingdom of God and the family of God now being. Uh, so it kind of. It, it's almost like an hourglass, right? So we, we started really big with Earth, and then it funneled into Abraham <laughs> and his family. These are the days of our lives. And then it comes right back out to, you know, the plan that God had all along. Yeah. All right, so we'll just go ahead and get into the scripture reading. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the Dwell app uh, for those of you joining us on Facebook Live. Um, some people might not still know that the Dwell app it is a um, a Bible app. It's audio. Um, they put it together in a way that they have four different voice actors that have come in and they've read through the entire Bible, and then they've also had their own music that they've composed to it uh, to go in the background of the reading, just to add a little bit of a different element to it. I really enjoy it. Um, it's it's basically how if I um, am not in a place where I can read the Bible um, and I need to get caught up on something or read for the day or whatever. Um, it's a way, or if I'm working, like yesterday I was out working um, for a couple hours and I had some scripture to get caught up on, so I listened to it instead of reading it. And um, it's I really like it. 
I really, really like what it brings to the table. It just makes it a bit more interesting, a little, a little bit deeper. It draws me in a little bit more than just a regular audio reading with just no effort put much into it. Um, but anyway, we reached out to the people with the Dwell app, and they gave us permission to use their app each week for our regular scripture reading. So it saves a lot of post-production time of trying to edit things together. For we used to, when we started, we used to read through when we would do like two verses a time and then go around the table, and yeah. there were just a lot of... Um, mistakes or things that we would say words wrong or stutter or whatever. Then we it was mostly it Daniel. <laughs> it really was. Like, let's be honest. It was, it was definitely me. So it just saves I about an hour. on phonics. It saves about an hour of editing time each week to use this app now. So we are very thankful that they let us use the Dwell app. It's a great app. It's uh, You have to pay a subscription to be a part of it, uh, to have access to it, but it's $2 a month. I mean, that's not, that's not much. So uh, if you're looking for something that'll change up the way that you experience the Bible, Maybe uh, just just switch it up and make it fresh to you again. Um, I highly recommend it. So anyway, here is Genesis 17 from the Dwell app for this week. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, And I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you, throughout their generations, for an everlasting covenant, to be God to you and to your offspring after you. And I will give to you and to your offspring after you the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring after you, throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep, between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised, You shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male throughout your generations, whether born in your house or bought with your money from any foreigner who was not of your offspring, both he who was born in your house and he who was bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh, an everlasting covenant. Any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. And God said to Abraham, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name, I will bless her, and moreover, 
I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall become nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed, and said to himself, Shall a child be born to a man who is a hundred years old? Shall Sarah, who is ninety years old, bear a child? And Abraham said to God, Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. God said, No, but Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. I have blessed him and will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father twelve princes, and I will make him into a great nation. But I will establish my covenant with Isaac, whom Sarah shall bear to you at this time next year. When he had finished talking with him, God went up from Abraham. Then Abraham took Ishmael his son, and all those born in his house or bought with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and he circumcised the flesh of their foreskins that very day, as God had said to him. Abraham was ninety-nine years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, and Ishmael his son was thirteen years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. That very day Abraham and his son Ishmael were circumcised, and all the men of his house, those born in the house and those bought with money from a foreigner, were circumcised with him. All right, guys, that is Genesis 17 from the Dwell app, and we are back. Okay, I'm going to ask two questions <laughs> that uh, I'm sure Ugh. that the layman out there is uh, wondering about this. So one, what's up with the name changes? Okay. That's okay. the less obvious one. Yeah. <laughs> Secondly, what's up with all the circumcision? <laughs> Discuss. Don't look um, at me. This is all good. right. <laughs> well, the name changes... Uh, it's actually, it's pretty, there's some significance to it. So the A-H that's being added. Um, there's, uh, an, there's an A-H that's added to Abram, and there's an A-H that's added to Sarai. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's like a breath. And uh, it's, it's also what they would use to kind of like signify the Holy Spirit. Like the Holy Spirit would be like a breath, like a wind. Mm. That. And so that's the... Um, that I think it's very significant that Abram and Sarai were changed to Abraham and Sarah because uh, it was almost like God was putting uh, like a mark on them, like a, like a, his spirit was 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 on them, and that was changing them, and that was significant mm-hmm. to uh, what was happening. And so uh, it was something that it was it was an identity change that was kind of taking place uh, mm-hmm. when he was when he was renamed and re. Uh, because naming uh, carries great authority, uh, especially that we see in Genesis when um, when Adam is given the chance to name all of the animals, and so there's great authority that's passed down uh, in the ability to name something. And so when God gives Abram and Sarah new names, there is something that God that's specifically intimate between God and his and Abram and his family. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the a the a h that's added is kind of significant to that. Abraham and the and the yeah. circumcision. Sarah. 
Something that I find interesting about circumcision is like, tell as me, a, Michael. As a guy, <laughs> we all go, oh, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're supposed to have that reaction because, as as a guy, that's like a really like sensitive deal. You know what I mean? <laughs> and like it makes us squirmish. And Abraham would have been squirmish, but it also shows like his dedication. Like, and, and the yeah. fact that he's going to do this to his entire house. That's just ridiculous, and but it, but it shows. Well, one of the things that we know about Abraham's life is he's really he has a lot of faith. He's really dedicated, yeah. and we see that repeated throughout his throughout his life. And this is another instance of that. Like he is so dedicated that he'll do that. You know, yeah. the thing that I don't understand is how they say that it'll be a sign to other people. I'm like, if I'm honest <laughs> with people. I'm not going around showing this thing to everybody. So, like, <laughs> right. hey, here's yeah. my sign. It's not and, a and we sign. know from Adam and Eve that they were wearing clothes, so they weren't just walking around for people to see this. So yeah. 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 I'm glad the sign of my marriage is a wedding ring. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Just let I have a relationship know. with God. See? I don't like that idea. But, I mean, what do you do? Hi. I'm I Abraham. So Hold on. <laughs> welcome so, yeah, welcome to the Old Testament. The Old Testament uh, is not PG-13. It's rated R. It In is. some cases, rated like X or yeah. something, you know? I think, yes, absolutely. I think that there is, um, I guess, if I'm trying to kind of think about like some signs or significance in this, is that um, this is a part where uh, Abram has, is not fruitful. I mean, it's it's it, he has been, gotten a promise that he will be... Uh, that he he will be fruitful and multiply between him and Sarah, and that they will have a son. And that was you know twenty four years ago, you know, because he was seventy five when God called him out of Ur, and so now he's ninety nine. Yeah. Um. So this is a long time of God having this promise, and it's not really coming to fruition at all. You can even see Abraham's response is that he just laughs, like he's like. I mean, you said this, but obviously this is not really happening, right? <laughs> and so I think that, one side note, I think that Abraham's uh, walk of faith with God has its ups and downs. Like, you, you can oh, see absolutely. that. You can see that he's going through moments of doubt, and the situations change. Like, a famine strikes the land, and so they go to Egypt, and he has, like, moments of doubt um, where he begins to kind of deceive Pharaoh and say that Sarah is actually his sister, mm-hmm. which we find out it's kind of a half-truth. But uh, but anyways, and then he does the same thing later on with Abimelech. I think that's in the next chapter. And so, um, so, 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 or no, no, it's, 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 it's a, it's a 19 because it's after the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah, which would be another incident where something bad would happen and that would kind of shake Abraham's trust and shake Abraham's faith. And so you have this kind of up and down, but you're right. I mean, this is an instance where God gives Abraham and he actually narrows in the promise a little bit more. He makes it specific when he says a year from now, Sarah's going to have a child. God hasn't said that. He hasn't given a timeline yet until now. And then Abraham obviously trusts God and immediately goes and kind of does the action. So I don't, yeah, maybe that was the wrong <laughs> symbolism, but exactly. But anyways, but but I wonder why Ishmael was cut off from the blessing. I don't <laughs> so so anyways, the uh, but I think what's I guess how I can think of it is as a significant thing as far as um, being fruitful and multiplying is that like the process of having children. And there's a sign that's saying God has is 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 in the process, and He is the one that's blessing. Uh, he's bless. He's the part of that that's blessing this family to multiply, to grow, 
uh, to become a great nation. And uh, I guess the sign is being carried on every time a new baby's born in a new in like the generation right. and the and the family and the nation grows. So, you know, maybe that's a sign that kind of carries on lot you know so so i i see like like it's still yeah i mean i'm still well, Daniel, uh, i'm still look, squeamish about it, it too <laughs> i mean i get it but i mean like but i think that that's that carries that like kind of like significance that it's like a reminder for lack well, of a and, better and term think about it daniel it's like I'm not, this thing this thing is a uh, we, we, reminder we'll say we yeah. like to to candy coat these things and let's look at this like as seriously and graphically as it actually is okay mm. Abraham was promised these things. And then what does he do? He takes it into his own hands, which that's a really other bad word too. But he, but he, but he ends up, you know, having sex with his with his wife's handmaiden, right? Hagar. Yeah. And and having a kid on his own. So there there there's some sexual stuff happening here. Mm-hmm. And and I wonder, you know, after this promise when God's like, "No, this is going to happen." I wonder if there's any punitive aspects to it. Like, you know, you try to do it on your own mm. and, and this, I'm going to, I'm going to hurt you sexually, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to scar you. Cause I mean, as mm. a baby, it's one thing as a, as a, as a, what 90, whatever year old man, there's 99, 99. Yeah. that's, that's a different story, dude. And, Very then, different, and so, yeah. and, and now if we, if we go ahead and go past the PG 13 limits and think about this, Abraham is bloody and scarred and hurting. And now he has to go make a baby. Mm-hmm. He's telling that he's going to have a baby this year. Mm. Ponder that for a second, Brent. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I just I, I do wonder how much of this is punitive, but and also and also miraculous because mm. now Abra- not only is this dude old, mm. now he's got this this healing that he has to to undertake, and then he has to have kids w- with this scarred stuff. So like, <laughs> it's it's pretty significant. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, there's. There's a lot to the circumcision thing, and then, and then you also think about blood, and as far as like the biblical narrative, there seems to be blood in in every covenant. Like earlier, we we see, I think it's earlier. So oh it's it's fifteen. The, how, the how, covenant of the halves. Yes, yeah. I mean there you're, you're splitting apart an animal. You know, when there's when there's a covenant, there's blood that's spilled, and then we see with Jesus, there's mm-hmm. blood that is spilled, mm-hmm. and in this case, the Abraham is the one that has to spill blood. Mm-hmm. So it's there's a lot there's a lot of layers to this thing, and I'm sorry that layers is a bad one too, Brent. <laughs> no, we're just going to skip on past the circumcision we're, we're part. Killing this on the analogy, <laughs> but I think you make a great point, Michael. Is that this seems extreme to us right now because we're we're in a written age where contracts are written and there's like legal documents and so the the binding nature of this is is happening. This is this is a time when that's not. Uh, how contracts are made right. you know they're made in some sort of blood they're made in some sort of death they're made in some sort of cutting like the word covenant literally means to cut you know and so that's why you have the cutting of the halves in i'm making sure i'm in genesis <laughs> in 15 um and that whole walking through in the whole the smoking pot and the torch going through blood and uh, actually i'm i've got a youtube video that's coming out uh because our small groups are going through this talking specifically about genesis 15 and the significance of that um so you can check that out on my youtube channel but um it'll probably be posted sometime later on today uh but uh but anyway so that's like that there is a time when that's there's not a way to kind of ratify a contract like verb, like either written or thing. So it's done 
in a way that it leaves a mark or leaves a scar or has some sort of like um, there's some something that happens, uh, whether it's the cutting of animals anyways. And so the cutting of other things. But yeah. Uh, let so, me take it a step further, Daniel, and see what you think about this. Okay. I'm, I'm good at that. Are, are we? Are we? Are we? Have we not been thinking it a step further up until oh. now? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah. We'll but, go even further. I'm, the, than I'm further. the crazy guy that goes a little farther. So, <laughs> God steps into our humanity, like with Jesus, He does that. But like in, in these situations too, I, I have this 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 thought, this question, this wonder. Some of these things that we say that God is doing to us or that this is God's command, is it a matter of God stepping into humanity? And that's kind of like what you're saying. Like, this is how covenants were made. Not just with the Israelites, with everybody in the ancient Near East. This is how people did business. Blood needed to be shed for a covenant to work. Mm -hmm. So is God commanding this, or is God stepping into the human culture and saying that, you know, I'm, I'm here with you, and and and. I, you know what I mean? Stepping into what we do. And I don't know. And, and then if you keep on going with this, I, I also wonder as we continue, we'll go into the laws of Moses later as we continue the study, you know, everybody sacrificed animals yeah. to the gods. Yeah. So this is a really scary question. And I'm just throwing it out there. As God steps into human history and kind of works with who we are, speaks our language, so to, so to speak. I wonder if even some of the sacrifices were a matter of, okay, you guys don't know how to obey God, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make this simple for you dummies. I'm gonna give you 600 and some odd laws. If you want to make sacrifices, this is exactly how you can make sacrifices. Because we see the prophets saying later that God never wanted sacrifice. So uh, I think that's I think that's an interesting. Mm-hmm. I know that blows up a lot of theology because we're like, wait a minute, but, the, but then you have Jesus, and you have the sacrifice, and it all works. But I, I just wonder sometimes, like, God knew that. Mm-hmm. God knew who we are in history. Mm-hmm. That it doesn't negate Jesus. It doesn't, you know what I'm saying? That I, I just wonder sometimes if God made these things work with where we were in human history. Mm-hmm. And I think you have a point in, in God uh, bringing something to us for understanding purposes, right? So, like Jesus, he was the full incarnation of God, right? So he was the mysteries of God were kind of unknown until Jesus comes onto the scene. And then we were given something to, to kind of understand God by the person, the representation and and the way that Jesus lived. So I I do get that. I I don't really agree with the whole, like the sacrifice thing. And the reason I say that is that go back to Noah. And as soon as Noah got off the ark, he sacrificed to God. And so like, I don't think that, well, of, of course he did. Yeah, but that's I, what people did. But I, and, but that's God God say. also responded to it in a way that it was it was pleasing to him. And so I think sacrificing in itself, the act of it is there is something that is the covering that takes place. But God always looks at the heart of the thing. And so the heart of the matter, the heart of the matter was that there was like Noah was being thankful to God, and so God God was pleased. What's by the him. What's the first sacrifice in the Bible? The first sacrifice, and, and how did that end? Well, I guess it would probably have been when Adam and Eve got, uh, when Adam and Eve was. You could say that. Yeah, well, God's the one that killed an animal there. But what's the first time that we have people killing animals for sacrificing to God? And how does that end up? Uh, hold on. Now you got me thinking. <laughs> right there in, 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 in the first few chapters of Genesis Cain and Abel. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and so, and yeah, what we, what we no, see, but that's that's so, but, that's, but, but that's check a hard this out. thing. That's a hard thing. It is, and that's my point. <laughs> yeah. See, see, the point is not the transaction isn't actually in killing the animal. God has all, and you see in the Sermon on the Mount, 
God has always wanted our hearts. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they, they, they're having this argument. They sacrifice, um, you know, basically, you know, uh, Cain is like, hey, I got my fruits and veggies, God, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and then Abel's like, hey, I'm sacrificing these animals. And, and we see that this, the, the sin, it wasn't in what was sacrificed. It was in Cain and Abel's hearts. And, and God was not happy with Cain's sacrifice. It had nothing to do with what the sacrifice actually was. Yeah. It had to do with Cain's heart. So like from the very beginning of, of the sacrificial system, we see that what God is interested in is our hearts. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, and, and maybe I'm wrong. This is not something that like, you know, I, I have to stand firm on because this is not that important. But I think that sometimes what God does is he speaks our language and he, and he enters human history um, and basically gives us commands that, that are in our language. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then, he, and then that's, that's one of the reasons why I think Jesus fixed it, too. So now we don't have to sacrifice animals because I think we got to a point in human history. God's like, OK, I finally have brought these people past that. Now I'm going to fix this. Mm-hmm. But that's just a weird Michael Miller thought, you know, whatever. <laughs> I just, on uh, a, a different thing here, just something that I thought. So Abraham's told that everybody, all the men in his household, they all have to do this, right? Yeah. yeah. It doesn't talk about anybody refusing, anybody complaining, anything like that. So, like, that just makes me think, one— we get the 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 straight up facts of the story, not how it all went down specifically. Because I'm sure that yeah. there was some guys that were like, "Whoa, I'm out." Really? No. I, do we have to do this? Yeah. <laughs> um, but then also too goes to show you like maybe the difference in in um, the respect that people had for head of household and for things like that back in the day compared to now. Because think about now, if you went into somewhere and you were like, "Okay, God <laughs> said to do this, so today we're all gonna do this." And I think also, uh, no. Yeah, I think also, uh, Abram, Abram has like a, um, a, a, a good leadership quality in him and that he's humble and that he's willing to do what's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't force everybody to do something he's not willing to do. Right. right. And yeah, so he, he goes, first, yeah. he goes through leading the, by example. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> just, real. just like, uh, just like when like lot, when there was the opportunity, when like there was, he initiated the opportunity for Lot and Abraham to separate or Abram to separate because he realized it was causing conflict and he didn't want that to do it. It would have been on Lot to submit to him as the head of the household. But Abram went ahead and said, you know what? This isn't good. This isn't the right thing to do. And I, and then he even gave him first choice. Right. So, so I think Abram is, is even though he's made his mistakes, it's, it's pretty obvious that he's an honorable guy. And, and you even see that in the way that other people that don't believe in God interact with Abram. They're like, we can see that you're an honorable guy. We can see that you're, 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 you're fair in what you do. And, and so even when it's, and when Sarah, his wife dies, um, he, that you can see they have so much respect for the people around him. And so, and I think that that's, that's probably why maybe the narrative probably has some people probably begrudgingly did this, but also right. I think that Abraham was a very honorable person and people were willing to follow him. I think it's, I think it's honor. more powerful yeah. too the fact that we do see his mistakes. Like yeah. he's not just glorified as this godlike figure. Right. We we see that he's a human being and that he makes mistakes. Yeah. I think that's I think that's kind of cool how the Bible actually does, and it's not just with Abraham; mm-hmm. it's with everybody. I mean, we have we see some flawed individuals, you yeah. know. And I think um, that's a great point, Michael, because a lot of times we associate following God with perfection, right? right? And so we we think like, okay, now that I'm following God or now that I've become a Christian, I need to be perfect. But I think what you see all throughout the Old Testament is that, is that people are imperfect, but God is still faithful, 
Like God is faithful to his promise. He is faithful to, um, to, um, to Abram, even though he messes up. He's faithful to the people of Israel, even though they constantly turn away. He's even uh, faithful to us uh, in Jesus, and Jesus is you know, the fulfillment of all the promise and the fulfillment right. to do all these things. And uh, and so I think the character of God is, is being shown in, throughout the book of Genesis in a really powerful way because I think sometimes people can just take several things in a vacuum and say, oh my gosh, God is terrible because he told Abram to, Abraham to sacrifice his son Isaac, you know, in Genesis 22. Like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? And they just take that one piece and then they say that, then they kind of make an assumption about who God is. Yeah. And we, I don't know if we'll get there. I mean, I guess, let's see, 22. So it'll, it'll pass by the time we do the next podcast. Um, but, you know, understanding what's kind of the context and what's going on around here, it's context, it's context. obvious that just like we just talked about, sacrificing was never about the what you're sacrificing. It's the heart behind it, right? right. In the, in that 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 same narrative in Genesis 22, it's obviously a heart thing that's happening. Another thing, when we read these stories, this is so hard because there's so much to know and so much that we don't know. Um. You can study a lifetime and not figure it all out. But what I, what I mean by it is the culture and history of the ancient Near East. So, like you mentioned, Isaac and Abraham, and and how how he sacrificed. Like when we just read the, this thing without any cultural context, it looks like God is just this terrible tyrant that's like, "Hey, I'm going to mess with Abraham. Watch this. Go up that mountain and kill your kid." <laughs> you know. Yeah. And that's what it looks like when you don't understand the culture. But like I was saying, with God stepping into human history and changing things and like speaking our language, everybody sacrificed kids. Everybody, like all of these, I guarantee you, Abraham's grandpa sacrificed his firstborn son. Hmm. Like, and the reason why is that what people did, and I'm not talking about like, from God's command, I'm just talking about culture and what people that believed in other gods and all these people. What they did is is it would start off with like, oh, we want it to rain, and then they were like, well, let's let's sacrifice, let, let's let's give God a cake, right? And for crying out loud, it rains. This is awesome. We got to give God cakes. Well, guess what? Now we have a drought. Let's give him a bunch of cakes. It's still a drought. Uh, let's go kill a dove. Okay, they go kill a dove. It's, it starts to rain. Woohoo! The drought's over. Well, I guess we got to amp it up. We got to do doves. Well, now we got to go to battle. Boy, since we know that God likes cakes and doves, we got to do something better. Let's go sacrifice a goat to the gods, right? And so they go sacrifice a goat. And, like, you know, all these things ramp up to their killing, 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 killing. Now they're killing a virgin. Now they're killing the firstborn son. That's what's happening in the ancient Near Eastern culture. Abraham may have expected God to say, hey, sacrifice Isaac, which gives much more power to the story if we look at the culture. Because now Abraham is being promised this that he's going to be this great nation. And so not only is he thinking, dude, I'm old. He's thinking, man, God's probably going to ask me to sacrifice this dude on top of it. But I trust God that God's going to figure it out. And so God steps into human history, and, 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 he, and he gives Abraham exactly what he expects. Go sacrifice Isaac. Daggone and I knew this was coming. And then he stops the child sacrifice. So from then on, the Semite, Israelite, whatever you want to call it, people, they knew that God was against child sacrifice. He always was. Mm -hmm. But that's when God steps into human history and he says, 
No, this is not how we do things. And you'll notice, again, looking at history and looking at, at this context, the other tribes, uh, the other other peoples of the, the ancient Near East, they continue to do child sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And then when God says, hey, I don't want you to follow other gods. I'm a jealous God. And, and it was a big deal to, to stay with God and not worship any other idols. The reason, One of the reasons why is not just because God's jealous. God loves us, and he wants what's best for us. If you go join these other religions, guess what would happen back then? You'd be sacrificing your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the, the point I'm, I'm trying to make is in all these stories, we have to, to dig a little bit into the ancient Near Eastern culture, and you'll find out, that God is not as evil as he looks in these stories Mm -hmm. because there's a culture behind it. There's something that God is doing to propel his people forward and bring, like you read this story here and you see like, well, that, that God, or that Abraham had slaves and we're like, what? Mm -hmm. Now, now God doesn't approve of slavery, but you see that he pushes things forward. He doesn't say, you know, sell all your slaves because that would have been unheard of at the time. But what he does say is circumcise all your slaves. They're a part of the covenant. Identify they're them. they're yeah. they're they're a part of the family. God God doesn't take this, this huge step forward because we're too stupid, you know. But at the time, he takes a step forward and he says, "Have all your slaves circumcised. They're part of the family." So I, I, again, it's when you read the Bible and, and you run across things that make makes God look evil, read it again and and look into the the culture, and it's a lifelong. Thing, you'll never figure it all out, but you'll see that God's much better than we give him credit for. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's uh, when I look at Genesis, what I see more and more is that there's, there's intimacy between God and creation. You know, you see him have emotional responses like mourning when he sees his creation hurting each other, Yes, yes, you know? And so in in God walking with Adam, God pursuing Adam in his sin and God making, making a promise, you know, to, to eventually conquer sin. God, how different is that from everybody else, Daniel? Yeah. Everybody else is like God, their gods were violent and ripping people to shreds and craziness. And like our God is not like that. I mean, you see, and then Abra- God talking to Abram, walking with Abram. You see God visiting Abram coming up, I think, in the, in the next chapter with, uh, with uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and he even gives Abram the opportunity to intercede on behalf of people. And so there's, there's this back and forth kind of relationship that you see God interacting with humanity. It's not a distant God that has just kind of watched humanity just kind of crumble upon itself and then eventually intercede in these kind of really drastic ways. Like it's almost like the earth needs a serious correction. So he sends a flood. You have uh, (coughs) God is, is constantly interacting. I mean, even this little like Enoch, you know, that he walked with God and then God took him home. Like, you know, I mean, like there's this intimacy that God has with his creation and with humanity. And, and he, and he's developing this story. He's, he's, He's intimately involved with this people group that's going to come out of Abram, uh, Abraham, and and we're going to kind of see that all unfold throughout the process. And so we do ha- we have to look at the whole narrative. We can't just take something like the flood in isolation and just think that God is just terrible. Uh, you can see that He is patient in His pursuit, that He is a gentleman, that He doesn't force Himself, that right. and that He's kind to things to people that you wouldn't think He normally would be kind to. He's really kind to Hagar and Ishmael. 
uh, who is kind of like, it's like a mistake. It's got, it's Abram kind of taking th- matters in his own hands, but you can see him constantly looking out and caring for those who are not being cared for, who are being marginalized in mm-hmm. this situation. Um, and so this is the, this is kind of the nature and the character of God that we see. And, and I think it's really great. It's great to kind of just see uh, that character kind of put on display and his, intimate interaction with humanity. And, and what Daniel's talking about, the all the smart people call literary context, and what I was talking about was historical and cultural context. So I think a key, and this is maybe a little off topic, but I think it's really important to note, is how to read the Bible. Re- very quick, I, I, I've... I think that there are a few things that we all should do when we when we read these difficult passages, any passage. One, you start with prayer. Mm-hmm. Two, you remove your bias. What I mean by that is there are ways that we want to interpret these things. Stop it for just a second and try to read it for what it is. Three, is, pick, is picking a translation. And, and that we can get into that later, but um, I think everybody should have three translations. You, ha- you should have a word-for-word a thought for thought and a paraphrase. And I don't really necessarily think a paraphrase is a Bible, but it's a good study guide. And mm-hmm. if you want to get in the comments, we can talk about that later. But the next thing is, of course, what Daniel's talking about, literary context. You've got to look at what's happening before and what's happening after on the on the page, you know, so you understand what God is actually doing. Because if you look at things in isolation, you really jack things up. And then finally uh, you have the the cultural context, like what I was talking about, and historical context. If you see these things in contrast to what's going on in that point in history, it really opens up your eyes. Mm-hmm. So again, prayer, removing your bias, pick a translation, look at literary context, and look at cultural context. Mm-hmm. I think those things are really important. Yeah. yeah. And talking about God being a loving God too, there's a lot of stuff that like you're talking about. Like we won't know until we're before him and we can just talk to him and ask him like what was the deal here uh, something that always gets me when I'm reading um, reading the Bible is when he specifically comes in and he tells people I'm gonna give you a son and you're gonna name him this yeah. or a daughter and you know or changing names and, and like I I wonder how he chose the name Isaac because in this chapter he says you're gonna have uh, Abraham, you're going to have a, a son in a year with your, or a child in a year with your wife, Sarah, and you're going to name him Isaac. Well, I, Isaac means laughter. Does it? Yeah. yeah. So the name means laughter and it's Sarah. <coughs> she's like, God has taken my, he's given me laughter now. Yeah. You know, he's given me a son in my old age. So yeah. there's, so, and I think, but I mean, obviously God knew that God knew that that would be, this would be the timing of it and that he would give him a son, Isaac. And that would be, it would be laughter and joy yeah. uh, for the family. Yeah. Yeah. I just like to think of him as like, you know, I have two children. You have two children. Yeah. You have two children. You put a lot of thought into what you're going to name your kids and why. Mm-hmm. So I just like to think of him, you know, talking about him being a loving father. Like I'd love to think that he was just like chose that name for, you know, yeah. more than just, you know, that it would bring her laughter, but for something that he personally really enjoyed about it and really thought that it had a specific meaning that was absolutely important. I just really think that's cool. Yeah. I mean, even with like, he, like he changed Abram's and Sarai's name to Abraham and Sarah, there was the, the kind of the, there's something special about that. There's Mm -hmm. something like intentional about that. So yeah, Yeah. it's really cool to see that kind of connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I I looked it up just to see, I'm like, okay, if Isaac's name means laughter, what was Ishmael's name? Ishmael's name means God will hear. 
Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, and, and it even said that in the scripture. I just forgot until I looked it up. It does because because uh, Hagar was sent away, right? And God heard her, and God saw her, and so she named Ish. The, so they named him Ishmael because that God, uh, which I think is still also really cool. Because I know that like now we look at Ishmael and we see it in context of like the generations and the people that have come, people groups that have come from Ishmael, and mm. so they talk about like Arab descendants and things like that, and and how Ishmael was in conflict with the with the people around him and this kind of prophecy that you have over him. But, but God still in that moment saw Hagar in her distress <coughs> and, and rescued her, you know, and that's, you know, that's, that's part of in the character and nature of God. And Noah's name, since we're I'm not yeah, interested, go for it. Noah's name means rest, hmm. yeah. which that's weird because he had to work. He had to build a big old boat <laughs> yeah. and get a bunch of animals yeah. and stuff. Maybe he rested for like 150 days when he was stuck in the boat for a while, right? Well, Lots of naps. I don't know. Probably lots of uh, cleaning up poop and feeding animals and stuff. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows how it actually happened? I know. And then I, this is just a, totally back to kind of the beginning of the chapter, but just talking about like age, you know, when they say that Noah's 99 years old and he's going to have a child when he's 100 years old and um, Sarah's an older woman that's now technically way past childbirth age i think correct me if you think i'm wrong i know that there is no correct answer here but (laughs) it almost reminds me of like hey what uh dennis was talking about uh, a couple sundays ago he was like yeah you know 60 is the new 70 or whatever like (laughs) i feel like back then because people lived to be like 160 170 years old whatever i feel like 100 was probably like 55 yeah, something yeah. sixty. Uh, what I'm learning with this stuff, Brent, <clears throat> is um, I'm learning. Believe it or not, I'm 39 and I've studied and stuff, and I'm just now learning how to read the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> um, especially this this Hebrew, like this ancient kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, you have to let the you have to let the point be the point. Yeah. And the Western view of this stuff is we're looking at science. We're looking at like the specifics. Uh, you know, try, we're trying to scientifically figure out how this works, but that's not how these people thought. Mm. The point is that he was old, mm-hmm. and it should have been impossible for him to have a kid. Sure. Yeah, but he did. What what his actual age is? It's like it's like it, trying to figure out dog years, right? You know, well, it doesn't just, even matter. It helps me visualize him. Is all it does for me because yeah. I understand they're saying he's and that's the way years that we old, think, and it and and they're well past child bearing ages yeah i get that i just try to think like okay because if you you know if you see somebody that's 100 years old today and then imagine them living <laughs> yeah. 70 more years it's yeah, like how miserable were they for the last or having years? having like, a baby at 100 right, <laughs> right. going through to the have whole process to, yeah of at yeah. that age to now have to get up <laughs> four times a night to feed and change and bear this, you know, like that's a lot to think about. So in my mind, what I'm thinking <laughs> is physically, hopefully they were more like 50 or 60 instead of being a hundred years old. And who knows? <laughs> but again, I think Gosh, the, I'm 40 and I don't want to go through all that again. Like, <laughs> Think about the guy at the end of the last crusade, right? The, 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 night, <laughs> the night that's been there waiting. for like 700 years. And he's like, you've chosen wisely. <laughs> we're so old. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we had to do a pop culture reference. We did. Right? We, we, I mean, we, we made it. We need to do that. Yeah. We. It's now. Now we can close the book on this podcast, right? All right. Yes, we can actually. Yeah. So, guys, we'll go ahead and wrap up there. Uh, thanks again for joining in for the conversation, as you always do. Um, we will be back again next week to continue on in um, the old 
Testament um, as we get into this thing and kind of explore what our podcast is now and our format and everything as we as we continue to move through. Um, I think it's exciting and I love getting into fresh material now. Um, so it's really fun to have you guys joining us. It's really fun to have Daniel and Michael with me here. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of you guys on Facebook Live, thank you for tuning in. Um, we've had quite a few names um, come in as we've been in this conversation. Yep. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sherry. Good to see you guys. Yeah. Jake, uh, Teresa. Oh, Tanner just joined us. Hey, what's up, man? Um, just another thing, too. We we wanted to open up the Facebook Live as, an, as a way to interact with everybody. And so if you ever have any questions about some of the stuff that we're reading, even post-recording, uh, go ahead and send them in uh, because we'd be more than happy to kind of interact with you with that. And also, we're opening up the beginning of our podcast when we initially record to... Uh, have a time to ask questions, uh, whether it may be of a previous podcast or what we're currently setting for the day. So uh, just know that we want to make ourselves available uh, if you have any questions or anything that you need. Yeah, and if you send us anything outside of when we're live on Facebook like now, um, we'll try to get to that and answer it before we start the official podcast the following week if yeah. we get a chance to, if we see it. So um, just real quick, our emails are really simple. Um, every one of them ends with at myelevationcc.org, and it's just our first name and our last name's first initial. So mine is Brent S, since my name is Brent Smith, Brent S at myelevationcc.org. Daniel is... Daniel Y at myelevationcc.org. And I'm Michael M, and that's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-M. Yeah, at myelevationcc.org. So send those to us if you want to through there. your name calls my brain to like fuse for a second. <laughs> <laughs> or you can, um, you can even go to our any of our pages. You can go to the Weekly Impact page and then leave us, send us a message through Facebook uh, Messenger on there, or you can just leave it as a comment on the podcast. We'll see all that stuff pop up and uh, we'll try to get to it the best that we can because we do want to be here as a resource for you guys. We want to answer questions you have and help you grow any way that we can. So let me pray to finish us up and then we'll get out of here. Uh, thanks again for watching guys. Um, Heavenly Father, just come to you today. I'm thankful as always that you are the amazing God that you are. Um, I thank you for the chance that we get to do this and have these conversations. I thank you for the technology that makes it possible for us to sit in this studio and be able to have other people watch and communicate with us and make it a broader conversation. Um, God, we just continue or to ask you that you would grow that um, so that people can come to know you better and that we can come to know you better. Um, Father, we ask you to constantly remind us um, and remind others of who you are and the fact that you're not a cold, hard um, deity that just smashes us when he doesn't like us, but uh, that you are a loving father and that um, through historical context and literary context and through all these other things, context in general of reading and understanding all of your word and all of your history and all of who you are, that we would see you, God, as a loving father, as the loving father that you are, that has sacrificed so much for us, so much more for us than anything that humanity has ever sacrificed for you. So, Father, we just thank you for who you are and for all that you do and for the fact that you want to connect with us and be in relationship with us. So, uh, God, we just lift you up and we love you. And in your name, we thank you and we say amen. Amen. Um, All right, guys. So that does totally wrap us up for this uh, episode of the Weekly Impact Podcast. 
once again we thank you for joining us uh we ask you to share the word we ask you to go on any of the platforms that we're available on um for the audio version i don't think on facebook you can go on and rate anything like that uh you can like like the page and share it or whatever but um go on itunes or spotify or soundcloud and uh uh, rate us and review us and it just helps more people become part of the conversation so um until we talk to you again next week we thank you We ask you to watch out for each other. Go out there and be the light of the world to each other. And we'll talk to you next week. You guys have a good week.